we're starting today a new series called Mind Monsters. Can you say that with me? Mind Monsters. We're talking all about our thoughts. When's the last time that you thought about what you were thinking about? <laughs> I want to, in this series, I want us to think about what we are thinking about. Because here's the truth, that we are today where our thoughts have brought us, and we will be tomorrow where our thoughts take us. Our mind's a pretty amazing thing. Um, we have in our minds a reticular activator, which essentially just gives us the ability to uh, do things without kind of our body thinking about it. Our brain can kind of just do things that our body, as, as after we do it so many times, the reticular activator in our brain just kind of makes it happen. Have you ever uh, maybe changed jobs or changed houses and you were just kind of mindlessly driving and you just find yourself naturally driving to the old job or to the old house? There's something in your brain that just has the ability to, to, to make a decision for you. It's like an autopilot, that there are decisions that we make that become well-worn paths in our mind. Those well-worn paths, the more we walk on them, become roads. Those roads become highways. Those highways become superhighways or interstate highways in our minds and our thoughts. We can just naturally go there uh, it's like one thing will happen and then our thoughts have the ability to take us somewhere. Our imagination is a pretty amazing thing. Uh, my kids, I have two boys, five and two years old, soon to be three. And it's amazing. They can take the most simple things with their imagination and turn it into something amazing. Uh, I, I, I've learned that many times they appreciate the box of the thing I buy more than the thing that's in the box because they take that box and their imagination can turn it into a tree house, a spaceship. That imagination can turn it into anything. You know, it can, they, can, they can do anything with their imagination. They can take that uh, just simple box and they can turn it into something in their mind. And, and I think as we grow up, as we become adults, we still keep our imagination. However, our imagination can sometimes change. That instead of imagining good things or imagining creative things, we creatively imagine negative things that are happening in our lives. We have an ability for just these thought patterns become well-worn highways in our mind. And, and it, makes a, a, it makes a huge difference in how we think and what we're thinking about and where our brain is taking us, where our mind is taking us. The scripture says... That we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. In other words, that the change that God wants to make in our lives is not necessarily an outward change. But it's an inward change that takes place between our ears. That the true change that God wants to do is a change that's on the inside of us. Simply changing the way that we think. Stephen Covey said this. That sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit reap a character, sow a character, reap a destiny. So our destiny is only one thought away. Your destiny, my destiny, or if I could say it like this, my destiny or my demise is only one thought away. That we are only one thought away from a breakthrough in our life or one thought away from the demise of our life. An affair starts with a thought. A successful business starts with a thought. 
A successful marriage starts with a thought. Someone changing their life, freedom from addiction, starts with a thought. Imagine what our world would be without the thoughts that have brought us to where we are today. If you could just rewind time about 300 years, think of of all of the things that would be different about our world today. No automobiles, no polyester blend shirts, uh, so much of the no computers or laptops or internet. Think about all of the things that were just simply thoughts in somebody's mind, the telephone, that electricity, all of these things, just a simple thought, and that thought turned into something that changed the world. See, that's why the enemy wants to control our minds. That's why we have these things called mind monsters, because the enemy knows if he can get in your brain, if he can get in your head, if he can, he doesn't have to trip you up with necessarily your walk. If he can just get in your mind, then he has control of everything. So what are these mind monsters? I have a slide up here that shows some of these mind monsters and what they are and all the different things that come. Our our mind monsters are these fearful imaginations that we have, our uh, negative thoughts, uh, insecurities, sadness, despair, worry, anger, inaccurate assumptions, guilt. All of these things are mind monsters. I don't know about you, when I look at that, I could see myself in some of those. I'm like, I got a little bit of all of those things going on. Well, I, I, I just believe in the name of Jesus this month, the month of June, over these next four weeks, that God's going to give us some freedom from some mind monsters. Because God didn't create you to be ruled by negativity. God didn't rule you to be... To be God didn't save you so that you'd be ruled by these negative mind monsters in your mind that control who you are and what you become. That's not what God's plan is for your life. God's plan for your life's a good plan. He wants to use you to do great things. There's nobody in this place that that God doesn't have great things for your life. But many times the mind monsters are stealing these things from us. The mind monsters literally are taking our joy. God wants to give us peace, but the mind monster of worry is taking our peace. Maybe God wants to give us joy, but the mind monster of anger or anxiety is constantly coming into our brain and causing us to miss out on all the things that God has for us. And here's one of the things I want to kind of dispel is a lot of times we think, well, I'm a Christian. I don't deal with those things. And here's here's what I want to say this morning. Here's the big idea of the whole series is simply this, that you cannot live a positive life with a negative mind. You cannot live... A positive life with a negative mind. Whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, whether you're a believer or not a believer, that you cannot live a positive life with a negative mind. Just because you're on your way to heaven doesn't mean you don't deal with mind monsters. As a matter of fact, you can be on your way to heaven but living like you're in hell. Because there's a mind monster that's destroying the destiny that God has envisioned for your life. He's stealing away from you. And so I want to look today at a passage of scripture where exactly this is taking place. It's in the book of Judges when God meets a man named Gideon. But a little backstory about what was happening. The, the Midianites uh, were, were living um, near where the Jewish people were living at this time. We're, the, we're, we're kind of God's people. We're living at this time. And, and, and the Jewish people started becoming so friendly with 
the people kind of in the world around them, the Midianite people, that what happened, they began to be servants to the Midianites. And not necessarily in slavery like what we would think slavery, like behind chains and behind bars slavery, but the slavery that, here's what their slavery looked like. The, 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 the Jewish people would do all this work to, to get crops and to have a harvest. And immediately, whenever the harvest would come, the Midianites would sweep in and steal their harvest. Sound familiar? That's what a mind monster does. You ever been having just a great day? Like a sunshine. It's, it's a beautiful day. I mean, just wonderful. Everything's great. And then one thought, it's like comes out of left field. Anybody ever been there before? It's just like a rogue wave. That's what I call it. It's like a rogue wave that just attacks your mind. And you were having a perfectly good day listening to the radio, enjoying the sunshine, and that one mind monster of worry, of doubt, of fear, of anxiety, you know you're probably going to lose that job. Oh, do you think you're going to have enough money at the end of the month? Oh, is they don't really love you. or you, you, you're, not, you're not anybody. You're nobody. And just, it's like these rogue waves of fear, anxiety, mind monsters come and they steal out the harvest of what God wants to do. So let's read it together. Judges chapter 6 verse 12. This is an angel comes and visits a man named Gideon. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Mind you, he had been being stolen from. He was kind of living in fear. And the angel says, mighty warrior, you are amazing. And he says, uh, verse 13, pardon me, Lord. You're talking to the wrong guy. I'm not a mighty warrior. <laughs> and he says, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? I don't know if someone can identify with that. Why is all this stuff going on in my life, all these mind monsters? If God's with me, see, that's what it does. It's just that in, that, in our mind, all the questions, doubts, fear, anxiety. This says, where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. I love that God does not even address his doubts. God does not even go into, well, Gideon, let me explain to you how the purpose of God. And they made him, you know. No, God just does not even deal with his doubts. He just starts building his faith. And he simply says, he says, Go in the strength that you have. Save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. Mind monsters. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon was arguing with God. You ever argue with God? You know, Gideon was arguing with God. Well, God, I don't know that you really know. Gideon was arguing with God because he was believing a lie. He was believing a lie of his circumstance. He was believing a lie of everything that he saw around him. He was believing a lie of the mind monster that was nyan, 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 speaking in his mind about who he was in and the situation that he was in. And he began to believe lies. And what I found this is that the power of a lie is only as much as you believe it. That's the power of a lie. The power of a lie is when you believe a lie. And 
when you recognize that it is a lie, it has no power over you. But as long, Gideon, as you're believing the lie, you're arguing with the creator of the universe about what's happening around you. And it's the same thing that we do whenever we believe a lie instead of listening to God's truth. So I want to talk just three things that where mind monsters come from, essentially. Where these thoughts, where these things come from, just from the life of Gideon. And then how we can overcome each one of these things, each one of these mind monsters in our life. It's going to be a good series. I believe God's going to bring some freedom to us. I want God to bring some freedom to me. Amen? I want God to bring some freedom to my life and my mind and my family. I want to keep moving forward in what God has for my life as well. Here's the first thing. That mind monsters come when we let our mental self-image define us. When we allow our mental self-image to define us. That's what he said in verse 15. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. He looks in the mirror and he sees his negative self-image about who he is. And I dare say a lot of us have mind monsters in us because we have allowed a negative self-image, a picture that's not God's picture of our identity instead of allowing God's word to speak into our life. That, that we come that we look at the wrong picture. We look at ourselves, our inadequacies. We look at our inability. We look at our past. We look at all these things about us and we just say, well, I cannot do what God's mind monsters come and they feed on our negative self-image. Uh, when, when Karen and I got married, uh, we, we had um, uh, like a bright, you know, wedding shower and um, people gave us all kinds of cool stuff. And one of the things they gave us was this picture, this picture frame. And it said, best wedding or best day ever or something like that. And it had this random picture of two people we didn't know in it. <laughs> and so we went years with that on our, in our house and uh, with the wrong picture in the frame. And people would always come over. It became a joke. We didn't even, we ended up not even replacing it because it was funny. But people would always ask us, who are those people, you know, you know that you have a picture of their wedding, at, you know, at your house? And uh, it became a joke for us. But, you know, all of us come with a frame, with a picture already in the frame of our lives. Maybe it's the frame of what your family was. We all already kind of have a picture that was already in the frame of our life, of our story. And we look at that picture, and many times we identify with that, not because it's who we are, but just because of what was given to us. And I want to tell you that God wants to give you an identity beyond what the world wants to give to you. Because here's the way that we fight that mind monster is simply this, allow God to define you. Allow God to define you. The angel says, the Lord is with you. And then watch this. God defines him, mighty warrior. He literally sees what Gideon will become because that's exactly what happens in the verses following. And you know what? God sees what you can become. And those negative mind monsters that want to come in our brains and cause us to not be what God's called us to be wants to define our lives instead of allowing God's word to define us. Here's the second thing that cause mind monsters is when we let our past program us. We let our past program us. Our past can program us. Our situations 
can program us. That's what was happening with Gideon. All the things that had went wrong, he just lived a life of just this programming from the past. Well, it's always going to be like this. I'm always going to deal with this. This is just who we are. This is just our family. This is just our marriage. This is just our lot in life. Don't really have hopes for it to be anything more. It just is what it is. I've been programmed by my past. Been programmed by my past. I don't know if you've ever seen an elephant before uh, that they are able to keep in place with a stake in the ground. The, the reason that they're able to keep that mighty animal that has so much strength and power that could just do whatever he wanted to do in the ground with a single stake is because whenever he was a child, that stake was put in the ground when he didn't have enough strength to go against it. And he, time after time, he would pull against the stake and pull against it. And he just developed a mind monster to think he could never break free of that stake in the ground, even though he grew far beyond in ability and in power. And you know what? I believe there are some of us that we are still held captive by some old things from the past. And God says, I want to read a verse over you, what God says in Isaiah 43. He says, watch, I'm about to carry out something new. And now it's springing up. Do you not recognize it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and paths in the desert. I want to tell somebody this morning, God is doing a new thing in your life. The past is behind you. That this is a brand new day, a brand new year, a brand new opportunity. That the past, those mind monsters of the past, do not have to define your future. That it doesn't have to program your life. It doesn't have those, those things that come in your life from the past. They don't have to be the thing that define you. And here's, here, here, here's the answer to this mind monster. It's simply this, that we need to take captive every lie. Take captive every lie. Paul writes to the, to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 10. says, we demolish arguments and every pretension, watch this, that it sets itself up against the knowledge of God. In other words, there is this Constant battle between lies and the word of God. And that we as believers need to have an understanding of the word of God enough that whenever the lie comes up, we can set the word above the lie. That when, the, when, when a lie comes in our life, then we're able to say, no, 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 no. There's a word that's higher than the lie. There's a name that's greater than this circumstance. And then watch what he goes on to say. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I love that. I, as I was preparing this week, I just got this visual in my mind of what it looks like to deal with mind monsters and lies in our life. Many times we have these thoughts that try to come into our brain that we start taking hold of like this one. You're never going to make it through this. Some of you are going through situations right now in your life, in your work, in your marriage, and you, and you think, I'm never going to make it through this. This is the end. It's over for me. There's no light at the end of the tunnel, and if there is a light, it's an oncoming train. Like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And we, we hold on to these negative thoughts into our lives. Here's, here's another thought that comes into our life. It says, I've made too many mistakes. God doesn't even love me. 
We come to church. Or we think about coming to church. And we think, no, no, no. I, I, I've just made too many mistakes. God doesn't love me. God can't use me. There's, I've, I've already failed. You know, I made too many mistakes in my past. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I could have done it before all those mistakes, but now I'm kind of done. And then we hold on to these different thoughts in our lives. And then other thoughts come, other thoughts come that says, I can't do anything right. I just can't do anything. I'm a loser. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. I'm fat. I'm never going to be able to, to do what, what I'm supposed to do. I just, I, I'm, I'm not enough. I, I'm, just, I'm just a loser. I, I can't, can't do it. I'm just, I just got these mind monsters in my life. And then other thoughts come into our lives like this one. Things are, gonna, things are going good. This is a good one. Things are going good, but they're not going to last. Some of you got good jobs right now. Some of your good things are happening in your life and your marriage. And here's what the mind monster says. It's not going to last. Just, just hold on. It's about to get real bad. And what we end up doing is we do this. We carry around all of these lies and we can't ever have the freedom to do what God's called us to do because our hands and our minds are full of lies. And that's why the word of God says we need to take captive the lies of the enemy. This is what I imagine in my mind, that whenever these negative things come into our life, like this one, things are going good, but they're not going to go, they're not going to last. God's deals, this is something I personally deal with all the time about this church because I'm so thankful for all the good things that God's doing. And the enemy just says to me, Brandon, it's not going to last. You're never going to be, you know, that was a good sermon, but next one's not going to be good. You know, it's, it's good. Things are going good, but it's not going to last. And you know what? I got a word on my mind. I wrote, it, I wrote it on this box. The scripture says, his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. I just believe that, you know what? The favor of God that's on my life, it's not just for a moment. That favor is going to be for a lifetime. And I got another word in Deuteronomy 33, 29. It says, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. In other words, that God's going to give me strength as much as he's giving me days. So if I'm living today, then I have fresh strength to do what God's calling me to do. So here's what I'm supposed to do with this thought. It doesn't align with the word of God, so I'm going to take it and I'm going to put it captive. And I'm not going to let that thing rule in my mind and in my heart and in my thoughts. Here's another thought. Here's another wrong thought. I'm a loser. I can't do anything right. The scripture says I'm the head and I'm not the tail. I'm above and I'm not beneath. It says I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. That I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. That's a lie. I'm going to take captive that thought. I'm not going to let it rule my life or rule my mind anymore. Here's another thought that I've made too many mistakes. God doesn't love me. I got a great verse for this one. It's not true. It's a lie because the scripture says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. He loves me despite my fears, despite my mistakes, despite what my past has been. And I'm going to choose to take that mind monster and put it into captivity. Here's another one. You're never going to make it through this. Oh, it's, it's going to be bad. You're never going to make it through this sickness. You're never going to make it through this job situation. You're never going to make it through this rough patch, patch in your marriage. I got a lot of scriptures for this one right here. Hebrews 13. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Isaiah 43 says, though you pass 
through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze. The scripture says no weapon formed against you will prosper. It doesn't say no weapon will be formed against you. It says there will be weapons formed, but those weapons aren't going to prosper in your life. And it says in Romans 8.31, if God be for us, who can be against us? So that lie goes in captivity. And that's what it's supposed to look like in our mind. That we now have the freedom to be able to do what God's called us to do. And all of these thoughts, we put them into captivity. And we say that thoughts, negative thoughts, that's where you go. I want you, that's the thing I want to challenge you to do this week. When that negative thought comes into your mind, I want you to literally say out loud, I put that thought in captivity right now. You are not allowed thought to have free reign in my mind. You are under the word of God. And you take what, maybe you don't know the scripture in verse. You say, well, you know, Pastor Brandon, I don't, I don't know those scriptures in verses. But you know what? Just, you don't have to know the scripture in verse. You just speak the name of Jesus because that name is above every other name. And you just put that name of Jesus over the situation. And you put it into captivity and you say, negativity, I will not listen to you anymore. That's good preaching, everybody. <laughs> it's good. God's good. I need this. It's so, so good. So, so good. You know, negative self-talk destroys our lives. Here's another way that you can take it into captivity. Here's another just practical tool that you can do this week. Is I want you to say, I want you to, a lot of times you can think about what you're thinking about through the words that you speak. So if you're speaking negative words, you can't have, have a negative life. You can't have a positive life. So here's, a, here, here's just something. I want you to say at the end of everything you say this week, and that's the way I want it. So if you say, man, my, my kids will never listen to me, and I want you to say, and that's the way I want it. Man, I am just so ugly. And I, I mean, I want you to speak out loud some of these negative thoughts that are coming to your mind. Just say, you know what? I am just never going to get my education and that's the way I want it. I'm never going to get a raise. And that's the way I want it. I want you to begin to speak and that's the way I want it. Because you know what? As you think in your heart and as you speak out of your mouth, that's what's going to happen in your life. It's just the truth. We move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. But here's, 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 here's the other power to it. But if you speak the word of faith, you say, yes, I'm, I'm going through a situation at work, but God's in control. And that's the way I want it. You know, I don't know, what I'm, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know that God's going to provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory, and that's the way I want it. My kids aren't doing everything that I want them to do, but I know that they are highly favored and blessed of God, and that's the way I want it. You know, speak the word of God over your life, and that's the way that I want it. Here's the third thing. We let the atmosphere infect us. We let the atmosphere infect us. Gideon was in a very negative atmosphere, a culture surrounded with people full of, of negativity, negative things, uh, all the bad things that were happening in his culture. And, and man, we live, in a, we live in the same thing. There's so much negativity, so many things that if we just look in the world around us, we can be succumbed 
to mind monsters constantly. And the, the first thing that God begins to do after he calls Gideon a mighty warrior is he begins to bring people around him, that other people that can, can walk with him through the battle that he's about to enter into. And you know what? The greatest way that you can overcome some mind monsters in your life is to get around some people that can speak life over you. Get around some people that, 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 that know how to fight alongside you. Get around some people that have no fear, some people that will walk with you, not people that are going to run whenever things get bad, but some people that will walk with you. That's why we have these small groups that you can sign up for today because those small groups are going to help get those mind monsters out because they'll help change the atmosphere. There's something in this story I've never seen before um, about the people that God brought around in his life. I've always preached this backwards it says Gideon, so Gideon had all of these people, like 30,000 people and, and, and that are going to fight with him. And he thinks, oh, this is going to be great. And, and, and then God begins to kind of dwindle these people down. So I just want to show you this. It says, um, Judges 7, 5. So Gideon took the men down to the water, and there the Lord told him, separate those who lap in the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. <laughs> 300 of them drank with, from cupped hands, lapping like dogs, and the rest went down on their knees to drink. And the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands and let the others go home. I've always preached this backwards and wrong because here's, here's, here's what he's saying, that there were, he, he, he made a differentiation in his mind. And I was thinking, how, how does this work? Well, for them to... For them to kneel down and drink, it would be like this. They had a sword, they had a sword in their hand, and they would kneel down. They would keep their sword in their hand. Uh, evidently, these people were probably people that had been in battle before, and they begin to cup the water and they begin to drink with kneel down with sword in hand. And, and, and God says, Okay, those people can go home. Uh, because I don't need those people. But, but I think, how do you get down and drink like a dog? Well, this is literally what they did. He just, they just kind of got down and just cupped their hands and just did their thing. They put their swords down, and they were just drinking like this. And I'm sure Gideon was looking at those guys saying, you want me to win with those fools? Like, I want to be with the one with the sword in hand, you know, that's cupping and, you know, drinking, right? I don't want to be with these crazy guys. In other, but I believe God was trying to give us a principle that it's not about having it all together, but it's about being fearless. He said, I just need some people in your life, Gideon, that will, uh, that will attack the enemy without fear. They don't have to know it all. They don't have to have it all together. They don't have to have been in battle before because the battle that I want to do is not battle like they're used to with battle. He says, I want to do a supernatural battle. He says, here's how I want them to fight. I want them to fight. I want them to take a sword in one hand. I want them to take a, a torch in one hand. And I want them to take a trumpet in the other hand. And that's how I want them to fight. This is crazy. This is how they're fighting the enemy. They, got a sword. they, got, they don't have a sword in their hand. They have a torch and a trumpet. And these, these, these guys, they're, these 300 guys that are acting like dogs, they don't even know better. They're like, all right, let's go. They're like rednecks, you know. They'll just jump into battle. <laughs> what do we want, sword? All right, we don't need that sword. You know, give me my trumpet. Give me my, you know, I mean, they're just going to go. And, and God says, that's all that I need. I just need some people that will be willing to shine some light in the darkness. And so what happened? They, they, they had these torches, but they were covered with the pitcher. They broke the pitcher, shined the torches, and they began to sing a new song and blow those trumpets. 
And I got thinking, what a powerful thing. Because what once was dark became light. And once was silent became something of beauty and singing and song. And I got thinking, you know how God defeated the enemy in Gideon's life? He surrounded him with people that knew how to change the atmosphere. He surrounded him not with the smartest people, not with people who had all the answers. He surrounded him with people that knew how to shine some light in the dark and put a song where there is no song. And that's what God wants to do in your life. It's not about us as a church having all the answers for one another. It's just being willing to have a song, Pastor Todd, whenever you don't have a song and have a little bit of light whenever you don't have some light and to say, you know what, the enemy's not going to be able to do what he thinks he's going to do because we're changing the atmosphere around us. I love what the scripture says. It says whenever they were fighting the enemy, when they broke their pitcher, and all, they said a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. You need some people in your life that don't just have a sword for the Lord, but they also have a fight for you in them too. You need some people that say, you know what? I love the Lord, but you know, I love Chris too. I believe in that guy, and I do. I believe in him. God's going to do incredible things through him. I got, I, I, yes, I have a sword for the Lord, but you know, I got a sword for my buddy right there, Chris too. You know what? You need some people in your life. That you say, I'm in your corner, and they're in your corner. And it brings something to the story that would never be the same without it. We can change our atmosphere around us. Change our song, change our story. Today's Pentecost Sunday, which is celebrating the day when the Holy Spirit was first given to the church, and it was first day of the church the Bible says that they were all in one accord and they were all together and suddenly a sound came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting and and then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and what what, what I found so interesting from that this week is simply this that, that when they got together God brought a sound and then they were filled and God wants to, there's a sound from heaven that happens when we get together as believers. And it's something that dispels the mind monsters in our heads. That's what God wants to do in our lives today. Every head bowed, every eye closed, all over the house. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much, Lord, that you are with us despite our deepest doubts and fears. Lord, that there are mind monsters in our heads that try to steal from us. And you want to give us new mercy, fresh joy, hope, life. Lord, so I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, that you're here in this place to give life. You're here in this place to give hope. In Jesus' name.